All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? All is well here. Uh, want to start today by telling listeners, and I suppose I should put this at the beginning of the next podcast too, uh, we are recording a week in advance. Next week, I am going, going to be uh, indisposed on vacation with my family. So Jake and I are about to record one hour and split it into two podcasts. And I tell you that so that if over the course of the next week, the most exciting, amazing news story happens of all time, and then you tune in next Monday and are like, well, why aren't they talking about the most exciting news story of all time? It's because we recorded two episodes two weeks in advance. So any news Oh, dude, happens, I already know something that, that, that might happen. Uh, go for or it. In fact, that, that's going to happen in yes. between now and when we would record the next one, the Iowa primaries. Man. Yeah, Iowa caucus, that's Monday. We got the yeah. Super Bowl, that's next week. So we will, we will not know who, have, who has won the Super Bowl. Uh, the caucuses, thank God, will be over. Um I read. I read. Uh, yeah, an, I'm, I'm so glad I don't have to live in the, live there anymore for those goddamn things. I hate those things. Well, I read an interesting article um, this morning or yesterday about car sales and elections. And apparently, when there's an election year, the, first of all, autos, the auto industry, or especially local local car dealers, buy more local advertising than anybody. Except in an election year politicians buy so much advertising that it bumps up the rates so car dealers can afford to buy less spots and there are less spots available and so auto sales go down during election years well i guess less cars on the road would be better for the environment although people who aren't driving newer cars are probably driving older cars that don't get as good a gas mileage but they're also not using the raw material. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was just one of those little weird, fucking quirky. Who would have thought to examine that? But yeah, I mean, it has nothing to do with anything. But just yeah, the, it does make sense though. I mean, especially on on the radio, that's half of what you hear. Well, like an entire year and a half leading up to the elections. Yeah. Anyway, so let's jump in on this. Why the hell do they have Iowa vote first? Or more importantly, why why do they not have all the states vote? For, like during the primaries at once. I never understood that. The only time it would kind of come up in Iowa, like how, how, why are we first or why don't we all go at the same time? People would basically just answer with, well, Iowa is a swing state and we're good in education. And they would just basically suck their own dicks because during the, the caucus time, that's the only time Iowa is important on a national level, like at all. See, I've never even heard those arguments about uh, good in education and swing state and all that. All I've ever heard is literally nostalgia. Well, it's always been first. I mean, I don't think that they should not make Iowa first just for the sake of doing it. But I agree with you that why not, just like the election, have a fucking you know, have a primary election, like, all right, one day everybody gets out and votes. And then, you know, then they, those two candidates, once you know who it is on both sides, they campaign for the actual election. Cause this dragging it out bullshit is, I, I, I hear you. I don't get it. I don't fucking understand. Like, cause again, we've talked about this, Rick Santorum and Mike Huckabee have won in Iowa in the past, and they're both fuckheaded right wing extreme assholes, just like Cruz and Trump are right now. And by the time it gets, you know, to the, the general, once it moves on, the more moderates come out or more people balance everything out. Right now, Cruz right. and every, like the, the, insane, the insane ends get the most attention, and then gradually it, it, you know, levels off. Right. I mean, I 
I, I don't see why we let a, a handful of small states like Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina, states where population-wise they're, they're not that big compared to a lot of other states in the country, but they do basically, I mean, they don't decide who's going to win, but they do have a big part in deciding which half of the candidates will not be there by the time the bigger states vote, you know? And it's, it's, it's weird that that happens. I, I don't think it's necessarily fair that some of the states that go later won't get to vote for a candidate they like just because they've been voted out by states with like six, seven people in them uh, before they even had a chance, you know? Well, it used to be, and I haven't heard this in a while, but there used to be an old saying in Hollywood that if it plays in Des Moines, it'll play everywhere. Like, Iowa was the testing ground for, I, I don't remember what they would call it, like the moral compass, or if it was actually probably just vanilla enough for all of America. Because you have, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast that is usually more progressive and advanced and hits trends first, but they want to make sure that the rest of the country can tolerate it. So Iowa was a good barometer for all the states, for Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, Missouri, Kentucky, Tess, you know, Tennessee. They, they would use Iowa as the testing ground because they wanted to make sure that whatever they were yeah. doing wasn't cutting edge enough to, to scare away the normals. And that could still be the case, which, except it's the opposite with politics, because as we just said, the fucking, you know, the, the normals come into play later, whereas right now the angry extremes are leading. Right, right. It's, it's, it's funny, though, that you mentioned that uh, about Iowa being the testing ground, because I remember I was taking a class in college and they listed, I, I believe it was six cities in the country. And they, they were all kind of spread out, but there were these six cities and only these six cities uh, big companies will use them as basically guinea pigs for, for test products, like to see if it'll sell or see if people like it. Like Yeah, like New Coke or yeah. raisin-flavored Doritos or butt wipes that smell like, you know, patchouli. Right, weird stuff like that. If, if, it, if it doesn't take off, it's they're basically like the open mics for companies' new products for like big yeah, corporate companies. It. it is. And Cedar Rapids, Iowa is one of those six cities. No, see, and that makes sense. I had heard Des Moines for Hollywood, but that makes sense. But uh, I want to talk, since we're on the politics, since we're on the caucus, I want to talk about Trump backing out of the debate on Fox News because he was angry at Megyn Kelly. He said she wasn't fair. Um, the only reason I want to talk about this is because we're talking about the caucuses. And last night, I'm in uh, Indiana, and last night I had a, an Italian woman in the front row and all she did was talk the entire show, like to me and her friends. And she was a, she was nice. She was happy. And I kept telling her to shut up. And she was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, like, I'm Italian. What are you going to do? And it made me realize, like, after the MSNBC debate where every Republican candidate said, oh, they were mean. We're not going to go back on MSNBC. I, I, I want to make the bold statement that not a single Republican candidate could make it as a comedian, given the shit we have to go through regarding heckling and uh, people talking and rude behavior. So I'm going to go on record and say that uh, comedians can handle bullshit. We have thicker skins than politicians. Yeah, that's, that's true. I, I was surprised that he, that he set that debate out, man. I, I mean, that, that to me, part of me thinks he's trying to fucking tank his own campaign. 
I, I don't know why you would do that right before the primaries. Go, well, this lady was mean to me in the last debate, so I, I don't want to, like, why? That makes you look weak as fuck, dude. That makes it look like, actually, Fox News had a really good sort of statement that they put out because of that. I, I don't remember the exact wording, but it was funny as hell. They, they basically said, uh, we received inside information or, you know, reports from reliable sources that... Uh, the the Ayatollah and Putin will have oh, unfavorable. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we would go into meetings with an unfavorable bias toward uh, Donald Trump if he's elected president. And it's just like, yeah, man, like how are you gonna? How, how you, you can't handle Megan Fox. Like how are you gonna? How, how are you gonna fucking handle being? Putin. goddamn prison and that was that was yeah. uh, uh, that was the meme that went around is like uh they they would show a clip not a meme uh, they would show a clip of trump saying i'll take on isis i can show putin i'll tell the chinese what for and then like yeah but he can't handle megan kelly shut up you puss but uh um the thing you said about him tanking his own campaign yeah, megan kelly not megan fox <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know pretty much same thing, you know, let's hire a pretty face and put her on the news and call her a broadcaster. You know, let's yeah, hire a pretty, it's, it's, pretty face and call her an actress, and she can't, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Um, but Stephen Colbert made the same joke you did, had the same thought about him tanking his own campaign, because he got into this just for attention. That's all Trump does, is everything is right. for attention. Hey, I want to sell some books, I want to do this, I want to do that. And he said a quote... Um, that said, uh, I could shoot someone and not lose um, a support. That's what Trump said. Right. And Stephen Colbert said, you know, I think we're looking at it the wrong way. Like, he only wants attention, and now it looks like he might actually win a couple of these caucuses or a couple primaries. And the way he said it was, oh, my God, I could shoot someone and still not lose the primary. Like, he's scared that he might get elected <laughs> and then actually have to do the job. Well, I, I was actually listening to uh, Penn Jillette's podcast, and he was talking about it, and he he brought up an interesting point. Like, all the other politicians that are running right now sort of have something to lose in a sense that they've been working for this for a long goddamn time. Trump has been working for this for about 20 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, he just jumps he just in. Kind of Fuck it, I'm running for president. And yeah. uh, if, if he doesn't... When fuck it, he, he goes back to being Donald Trump. He goes back to being some billionaire who's on TV shows and building hotels. And, and I, I mean, so he, he doesn't fucking care, man. Like he doesn't care, and so he's gonna do and just say whatever, man, because he he doesn't. Care. It's kind of like seeing a, a sort of big comic coming to like a shitty bar show, but <laughs> they like they just I, they don't care if it goes well. You know, they they just fucking oh, try all their new material and yeah, yeah like, like when yeah, Dave Attell comes to Iowa, you know, or he, right? Just, what does he care? He's just taking a gig. Nobody will see him. He can yeah. go back to New York or Hollywood and be Dave Attell. Yeah, absolutely. Not that yeah, Dave Attell would do that, but I just he, he, he came up off the top. It's of my that head. kind of thing. It's that kind of thing. He's he's got that same sort of mentality with running for president. And the thing that uh, Penzlet was talking about in, in, in reference to was. The, the Sarah Palin endorsement, you know, where he was just standing there and she was spouting off just total craziness. Whereas he was saying if it was any other candidate up there, they, they might have let Sarah Palin 
endorsed them might have, but they would have sat down with a whole team of people and gone through what she was going to say line by line. Whereas he was just like, fuck it. Let her talk, man. Yeah. That word salad that came out out of her mouth was insane. Yeah, it was almost impossible to parody. I watched the Saturday Night Live thing where they where Tina Fey did the Sarah Palin um, endorsing Trump, and half of it was just her saying the exact same thing that Sarah Palin said in the exact same tone because it's it, it was so fucking weird and made no sense whatsoever. But I mean, so many of the sentences that she said that it's just like, well, how do you get how do you get weirder than that? That sounds like something SNL would say that you said, but you, you just said it, so now they have to fucking get weirder, man. If anything, they're making their jobs either easier in the sense that they can just repeat her or harder in the sense that, like, well, how do we, how do we get fucking dumber than you, you know? I thought the most interesting thing about that was Bristol Palin went on a show, and I don't remember which show it was, What you know, some talk show, Bristol Palin went on, and said that, wow, Saturday Night Live is just getting tired. They must be desperate for material since they're still making fun of my mom. They just want attention. And it's like, really? Your your whore mom is, you know, desperate and endorsing Trump, and you're on TV just looking for attention, and you're calling Saturday Night Live desperate for making fun of something that is screaming to be made fun of? I thought that was pretty interesting, the way she tried to twist it, and I thought she failed horribly at it. The, uh... The, the, the abstinence-only spokeswoman with two babies' daddies. Yes. you're talking about. Right? Two babies by two different daddies. Uh, oh, yeah. Never married, engaged. But, yeah, that, that's the one. The abstinence works, Mom. Mom that's crazy, two. man. Well, I want to... Uh, oh, you know, I wanted to mention this up front, and I completely forgot, because I don't really have anything new to add to it. But I, I did want to point out that I think it was two weeks ago... I don't remember when we uh, brought up Flint, Michigan, and I, I made the comment that said this is probably the most underreported news story happening right now. Oh yeah, now it's now and it's, it's blown up. Because... So I think our podcast should take credit for it. I think that somehow we need to take credit for getting Flint in the in the news. Our seven listeners somehow changed the game. They were the game changers. Thank you, all seven listeners. That was awesome, man. One of you seven people have access to all the news channels that's good shit <laughs> but it, it is scary that uh um that it is such big news i mean it's not scary it's good that it's such big news but it's just scary that it could happen and we already talked about it so there's no point in to go into detail but let's jump on ammon bundy we've talked about oregon uh several times and well uh one of them's dead a bunch are arrested and the rest are being told okay your little uh, camping party is over why don't you just go home yeah, it it's a damn shame, too. Those guys were fucking adorable before that happened. You know, they were like the cutest group of armed terrorists to ever take over a building. <laughs> it was just like, they were just kind of batting them around. Just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Shut up. But, yeah, I, I, I can't wait until they're trying to get sympathy for that guy that got shot. It's like, dude, you guys try to be sort of like protesters, but you're armed to the teeth. And you're talking about you're going to have shootouts with the cops, man. You're you're lucky that all of you aren't fucking dead after that. Well, did you see the video? I I, I have not yet. No, okay, I, I watched the video. I, I'm a guy, I never watch video of death. When I hear beheading by ISIS or, you know, back in the day when Faces of Death was a... Um, 
series uh, movie. I, I, I don't watch it, but this one I watched because I heard it wasn't too gruesome, even though they said, this is gruesome, you're seeing a death, be careful. What you... it's, it's from a drone or a helicopter. It's, it's an aerial shot. And my personal opinion, having watched the video, is this guy, and I can't remember his name, this was suicide by cop. Like how he wanted to yeah. get shot so that, because there are people out there saying, oh, they killed him in, you know, not a lot, but just the assholes that are already assholes are still assholes. Mullet lives matter. Exactly. Get the hashtag going. The, the one I thought was hilarious is I saw a meme that said Walmarter. So like a martyr except with Walmart <laughs> on the front with this guy's picture. But if you watch the video, basically, so they set up a roadblock and the car tries to go around the roadblock, but it's it's snow. There's snow everywhere. So basically just drives into the ditch and the, the FBI or the cops or whoever it is, they come out of nowhere with guns drawn and they're like, freeze. And he gets out of the car and throws his hands up. And you're like, okay, he's got his hands up. But then twice you see him reach for his pocket and you know that they're yelling, freeze, hands down, or, get on the ground, you know, hands up, get on the ground. And he puts his hand, but then he reaches for his pocket again, and that's when he got shot. And then when they go to the body, yeah, he had a gun in there. He was reaching for a gun. Did he pull it out? No. But like you already said, like like the protesters themselves said, they are armed to the teeth. They have said, we're going to go down with a hail of, of bullets. We're going to go out in a blaze of glory. This is going to be a gunfight. So yeah, when he reaches for his pocket, I think the cops have every right to shoot, because why would they want to wait for him to draw? That's... You know, like, well, let's see what he's got in his pocket before we shoot. No, he, he had his hands up for a second, but the instant he went for his pocket, you can't fuck around. And that's why I say I think he was a, he was trying to be a martyr for the cause. He knew that they were going to shoot. He knew yeah. when he was reaching for his gun and, they, you know, that, that they were going to shoot. So he wanted to do it to get all the attention so that... See, it, it doesn't get... It doesn't sway public opinion toward your side if, if, if you fucking get shot while you're armed and threatening the cops, like <laughs> the only people that are going to be cool with that are, are people that were already on your side before you did that. If anything, you're pushing people away from your side by doing that. I feel like the large majority of the public, no matter what your cause is, if you're, if you're trying to go about achieving it by like, Oh, we're, we're going to fucking, strap up and storm buildings and, 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 and shoot people. Like that's not getting them on your side, man. Like you, you sort of have to have that element of nonviolence to you. Uh, otherwise people aren't going to like what you're doing. Only people that are so extremely on board with your cause before you even did it are going to be with you, man. And I want, when you were saying that I had a thought and this is probably the worst comparison in the world, but I'm going to make it anyway. Look at the civil rights movement. You had Malcolm X, who said he didn't preach violence. I mean, that's been distorted, but he did preach self-defense. And you had uh, Dr. King, who absolutely preached nonviolence. And, you know, you, you have video images, you, you have pictures, you have everything of protesters being beaten by cops, having dogs put on them, having water cannons put on them, and they're horrible images, and it has been widely understood that those images helped turn white people to the civil, right move, civil rights movement, saying, holy crap, this is what's, you know, whereas, you know, had, had they come out with billy clubs and guns and said, we're going to shoot the cops, then you would have, like, okay, let me compare it to another right. thing. 
I watched a documentary on Kent State, which when the protesters were shot there, I don't think what a lot of people understand, I didn't understand that the majority of America said, well, good, they finally shot those hippies, which is insane to think, but they did interviews where like, well, it was just hippies getting shot. But, you know, you, you put the, yeah. if, if, if both sides have been armed, what I'm saying is then you have conflict. So if someone gets shot, you're like, I guess I didn't need to bring Kent State into it. I would go back to the civil rights. If, if the protesters have been armed and shooting at cops, well, then you have a standoff. So that's different. And that's what you had in this situation. Dr. King said nonviolence, and he won over the majority of the country that said this has to stop. This systematic racism has to stop. Look at what the cops are doing. Whereas in this situation was, we got guns. And so, yeah, no one's on your side, like you just said. Well, yeah, when, when Martin Luther King wasn't at the protests, he there was times he would go around with armed guards you know well that was um, self he wasn't like he wasn't kicking in right. doors and telling people but he was just trying is, to protect himself his armed guards weren't dressed like Ted Nugent or Rambo or something you know what i mean they weren't oh they were suits I mean, they, they, yeah they, they they wore suits it was just that, like okay if if somebody should happen to you know try to do anything i've got these guys there to help me they're not they're not yeah. dressed like they're going to work. They, they didn't mark, make it part of their persona or some kind of weird marketing thing. Well, you know? like, Whereas that's what these guys are doing. They're trying to dress like they're uh, about to storm Fallujah. And so it's like, dude, people just see you at that point. No, no matter what your cause is, no matter how good or bad your cause is, people just see you as people who are trying to fucking start problems, man. Yeah, and like you just said, Dr. King had bodyguards. You come at Dr. King, we will protect him. These guys are like, you know, they, they look like they, they're ready rumbling for a fight, like they're itching for it, and that's their propaganda. Right. They said, and that was the other thing I liked about uh, the propaganda that I've seen online is like, hey, if you assholes really want to fight, ISIS is waiting for you. If, if you're really so tough and you got to fight tyranny, Go fight right, the Taliban. Right. Go fight ISIS. But, oh, you're too pussy to sign up for the military. Now, here's the thing. I'm too pussy to sign up for the military, too. But you don't hear me, you know, fucking swinging my dick around and acting tough. I admit to being a pussy right up front. Well, I don't I don't think that's a fair comparison to make uh, with the whole ISIS. I mean, I mean it's, kind of, it's kind of a funny thought. But uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. But ISIS it's... would include um, – working for the federal government and that's part of their whole big thing you know what i mean you'd have to now, sign up for the army and take orders and yeah 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 and so maybe here's here's what i'm suggesting to all the militia people out there um fight isis without going through the government i i'm gonna make a uh, private sector uh a little, little armed group that you guys can join i might get funding don't worry about where the funding's coming from okay but I'm going to let you guys go fight ISIS, that kind of thing. Um, I'll just keep a small managerial fee from the uh, the unknown sources that I'm getting who are going to pay me to ship you guys over there. Well, see, as you were saying that, I I, uh, now I uh, Googled Dutch biker. And even when I when I hit Dutch, the, the rest of it filled in for me fighting ISIS. Because if you didn't hear that, that's already happened. Oh, like yeah. the Dutch government, and the second hit is now German biker gangs. Uh, the government, the Dutch government, and the has said I like, you know that. what? If you guys want to go fight ISIS, go ahead. We're not going to stop you. You can j go join the opposition army. So yeah, they're, these are they're already out there. If you really want to to fight someone, you can go join the resistance in Syria and Iraq, and 
you know, I, I guess I don't know whether or not the American government is sanctioning it, but, you know, other governments have said, look, we're fighting people from fighting with ISIS, but if you want to go... So, yeah, and that's the neat thing about those biker gangs is they put their money where their mouth is. They're like, fuck ISIS, you know what, we're going to go fight them. And they do, and I think that's great. Dude, you know how they have, like, body cams and stuff like that for cops? And, uh, I, I mean, you can do you can get helmet cams if you're, like a, like, a soldier or something just for taking videos? Yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy... If um, either for ISIS or just some other group that was is pretty much internationally hated, you know, Boko Haram, one of these kind of Joseph Kony, one of these kind of groups. If if just random little groups of um, I, I I don't know biker gangs like you were saying, just just whatever decided like okay, we're gonna go fight them, but we're gonna do the whole thing on live body cam. And we're just going to have, like, it's going to be like a weird social media thing. Like, you know how there's, like, video game commentators? Yeah, 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 yeah. on YouTube. What if and, they were, yeah. And they, they feel, if, like we've talked about, they fill arenas. Why don't you yeah, put it up on a screen and have people go cheer? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like The Running Man with Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 off the Stephen King book, it had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. It would be like that. You could just strap body cams to these guys. And they would they would just give funny and entertaining and inspirational commentary while they went and shot bad guys, man. <laughs> See, we could do that. That we would be commentators, uh, at least because I'm too. I admit I'm too pussy to fight. I'll go commentate as other people fight, uh, but on the good guys' side, I've I've made that comment from the stage a half dozen times while doing another joke. I don't have it fleshed out into a real bit. But I've, I've said the same thing. It's like, look, when you have, like, the American skinhead party or the KKK or people that hate brown people anyway, why don't you go fight it? You know, like, if you, if you really, really hate brown people, there's a whole bunch that America will get behind you to kill. When you're burning your little crosses and just hating on black people in America and Jews in America, yeah, nobody's on your side, but... It might not be a bad propaganda PR move to go fight ISIS. Say, you know, we're the KKK and we're going to go fight Brown over there. I mean, I don't think they'd win over a lot of people, but, you know, you give them a little attaboy, like, all right, good on you. Good good for stopping your little cross burning. At least you're doing some good with your hatred. Well, you know, I, I can't believe that groups like that are still endorsing candidates, man. Didn't they endorse Trump like a few months ago, something like that? I don't remember, but it's like you said last week, that that kind of endorsement just... You know, that's like you said, uh, the KKK should, like you said with Sarah Palin, approach Trump and say, hey, uh, give me $10,000 or we're endorsing you. I mean, that would be the way. Right, yeah, just blackmail him, man. Something. I never heard that the KKK endorsed him, but, uh, well, let's, let's, I want an odd transition. Let's uh, talk about black people. Uh, did you hear the... <laughs> Cam... I, I always I always love when conversations start with that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Cam Newton came out this week and said that People don't like him because he's black. He's like, I'm an African-American quarterback, and that makes me threatening to some people. And I will say, yes, that America is a racist society, and there are probably a bunch of people that don't like him simply because he's black. But I think, more importantly, a lot of people don't like him because he's an asshole. Like, he, he just looks like a douche on the field with all his dancing and prancing, and he says, oh, I'm enthusiastic and exuberant. But, you know, I, I can't wait for the day that, Black people are finally accepted in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been too long. It's it's been too long. I think. I, I he's right. I stand with him on this one. 
Well, he specifically said quarterback because, you know, there have only been a handful that you can name. Warren Moon, Michael Vick, uh, Vince Young, flamed out. So, yeah, there are fewer quarterbacks that are African-American, but, yeah, I agree more with you in that, oh, they're so underrepresented. How dare... But, I mean, I think there's a difference between... The problem I have with it is, is racism is real. It is real. It is endemic in America. But that doesn't mean it should be the easiest get-out-of-jail card for your own personal behavior. It doesn't mean you well, can I think it's, throw I think it's it pretty out goddamn there. insensitive to the, uh, you, you know, millions of black people that really do suffer yeah. from racism. Worse, and if he's a successful football. He's a fucking millionaire, dude. Like, yeah, he signed a huge contract in the offseason, and he's going to the Super Bowl. Like, I just, yeah, you're right. It is disrespectful, and it's just, it's sad to hear that thrown out there. And I feel the same way about the Oscars so white controversy. I don't think we talked about it, did we? Yeah. Well, for for one thing, with with the Oscars thing, um, I I think if if it's it's weird that they're going to point a finger just at the award ceremony itself and not ask the question, you know, why. Why are so many of these roles given to white actors? Why, you know what I mean? I, I to me, it's weird that um, that that would be like if you like just just totally segregated. I, I I don't know NASCAR for example, and said like only white people are allowed in NASCAR. And then when the guy won the trophy, you get mad at the people that make the trophy. And yeah. You say, why, why are you only giving these trophies to white? You know, it, it's like it's if, if you're going to go into that fucking get get take that problem at the root. That being said, yeah, like like, like you were saying, I, I I don't feel that bad for successful actors who are getting paid millions of dollars a year under pretty much any circumstance. Like unless you fucking lose a limb or a family member. If you made a million dollars last year, I don't give a fuck what happens to you. I don't. Yeah, I, I just. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean that's that's the stance I think. Uh, it's not to me about uh, racism and excluding black people because I I can't even see past that. All I see is really you're worried about getting a pat on the back for. Being high, I mean, think of all, like, compare it back to the, the racism with Cam Newton that I said. Think of all the actors and actresses of color or not color that flame out, that are waiting tables, that are, you know, unsuccessful and trying. Think of the talented ones that aren't making it because they haven't made the right connections or they don't get the right auditions. And literally, you're focusing on, oh, I want to bo- protest this award ceremony because they're not making me feel good and handing me awards. Like, that, to me, is well, silly. Yeah, like... Once, once, once we take care of the the, the voters' rights stuff, and the, the fact that I mean, black and Latino people get statistically much higher sentences for nonviolent crimes or any crimes for that matter, right? Like once, once, once you take care of those problems, and the fact that a lot of the the police shootings tend to, be, you know, nothing happens; they're totally unarmed. It was totally justified. Nothing, nothing happens to the cop a lot of times. Um, particularly with black Latino, like take care of those problems, and then like let's start giving a shit about the awards thing. Like uh, until until like the big fucking like there's serious problems with racism in this country that I I, I mean I mean need to be addressed and need to be taken care of and uh, you know but 
this 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 award shit like i just i i don't care yeah it doesn't i can't even begin to wrap my head around it well um listeners this is going to be an odd break but uh we're at uh, almost 32 minutes so we're going to jump right into part two of this just ongoing nonsense talk and uh yeah goodbye for now talk to you next week later